Good morning, good afternoon, good evening to you wherever you are and welcome to the 4Play podcast episode number 14. I'm David Turner and I'll be joined today by my fabulous co-hosts and music brothers Alan Jones, Darren Parr and Mark Hollywood. If you haven't listened to one of these podcasts before, the premise of them is that we pick a theme and then we each choose four songs or albums related to that theme. In today's show, we're going to continue where we left off last week, selecting albums from 1972. If you enjoy the show and the banter, then do head on over to our Facebook group, 4Play Podcasts, and let us know your thoughts about today's choices and what you would have picked. As some of you have asked me, we don't get to play any of the songs in the show, but I will include all of them in the Spotify link, which you'll find in the show notes. So, without further ado, let's get on with the show. Right then. Right then. Hi everyone. Let's get rolling then, shall we? This is episode 14, and if I'm not mistaken, Darren, this is number 30 that we've done in total across the two seasons. Is it really? Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what, we must have been in lockdown for quite a long time to get that many done. <laughs> <laughs> we've done all right there. We Excellent. Have. I believe that. Yeah. It's been a pleasure. I'm still loving everyone as well. Yeah, the, the, I'm, I'm loving them too. They're great. I think it's a little yeah. moment. I can't say of sanity, but a little moment of uh, joy to look forward to. I think they're better since we were joined by Alan and Mark, of course. That's they what that's what the feedback says. Yeah, absolutely. Is it? Well, Mark keeps telling <laughs> us that anyway. That's what I told him to put. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Morning, everybody. I hope, hope all is well. Um, yeah, best Mark. of luck to England. Morning, all, and uh, best of luck to England tonight. Um, hope you hope you um, hope you have a fair game. May the best team win. And we've got Wimbledon as well, so it's um, it's a sport packed day, isn't it? Yeah, not forgetting the uh, Virgin Intergalactic launch. Yeah. Oh yeah, two o'clock. So the way you think I'm getting paid by Richard Branson to say that. <laughs> but when this goes out, hopefully the launch was a success and people are now yeah. going, yes, England did it. Yeah. <laughs> or they're going, oh, that was an awful game. Just, so just call me Marco through That was a bit of a sound podcast. Maybe we should do our predictions for the game now and then when people are just listening back, oh. they can see how we got on. I'm going to go 2-1 Italy. Oh, I'm going 1-0 and England to win on penalties. Uh, you are a space cadet. <laughs> yeah. I'm going for the waterlogged pitch again. <laughs> well, play the final in 2022. Yeah. Uh, much postponed due to lack of interest. I'm going to go one. Oh, I'm going to go one nil England. I have to. Yeah. I think um, I think it's going to be close. God, England can't lose, can they? We're on home territory. Oh, 55 oh. years of her. Oh, here we go. If, they, if the England don't win it today, they'll never win it. They'll never have a better chance. Well, yeah, I mean, say that. it'll be tough against the Italians. It will be tough. Yeah. yeah, you won it in 66 playing all your games at Wembley, didn't you? I thought you weren't going to mention 66, Mark. Oops. <laughs> Right, I think that's our cue to get on with the music. 55 years ago. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Brilliant. Right. Our second lot of 1972 albums then. All right. Yeah, yeah. So today, Alan is going to lead us off with his oh, third right, choice. Yeah, now, I, uh, those people who've been paying attention, those listeners, will have known, realised that I mentioned last week, three out of my 
four choices were all released on the same day. Mm. That day being the 1st of November 1972, funnily enough. Uh, and so my third choice um, is uh, a band that I, 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 I must admit I only got into um, in uh, follow, following um, uh, discovering one of the band members' singles, single albums. And um, that, that guy is uh, Donald Fagan. And together with um, his other half, uh, Walt, Walt Becker, they formed a band called Steely Dan. And um, uh, the album I'm gonna, I'm choosing is uh, by them and it's called Camp, Camped by a Thrill. Um, it contains some great Steely Dan tracks like uh, Do It Again, Dirty Work, Reeling in the Years, um, Midnight Cruiser, only a fool would say that. I'm, I'm reeling these off, and they're like uh, they've become old friends to me now over the years since I've you know started buying the uh, the back catalogue of, of Steely Dan. Um, the sound itself is it's like a mixture of like a Latin jazz beat and jazzy jazzy sounds. It's it's very clever uh, in the way they've written, and of course they. They employ some great um, session museums, museums, uh, musicians, uh, with some fantastic names. For example, Jeff Skunk Baxter on the pedal steel guitar. Um, yeah, um, the title track uh, found out when I was researching it actually comes from uh, uh, Bob Dylan song and I, you guys might know it it's called it takes a lot to laugh it takes a lot it takes it takes a lot to laugh it takes a train to cry is that right have i written that down properly have you heard of that track <laughs> um but uh yeah and um it's it's actually um the actual camp by thrill is an allusion to the thrill you might get um, uh, had you gone with a prostitute? Uh, that's what the title's about. And the actual cover is got like a photo montage. It's got an image of uh, prostitutes standing in the red light area of ruin in France, which is probably an area which Dave might have frequented over the years. Yeah, indeed. Um, yeah. On actual streets. Yeah, the people. Looking at how it's got this garish cover. Oh yeah, there's Dave's and there's Dave standing beside him on there. Oh yeah. Yeah, you can see in, in my shorts. There he is. Hola. Hola. That's the best day. It's uh yeah, it's one of these. Uh it's a lovely lovely gatefold cover for people looking at home. And uh the, so the album actually comes out of, of the inside. And uh, this particular one, I think it's a Canadian Brexit, a lovely yellowy-orange vinyl. Um, so, yeah, unfortunately, Walt Becker, he passed away a couple of years ago now. And um, I've, I've, I've seen the band a number of times. And uh, the, the last time was without, uh, just after Walt Becker had died. And... Um, 
there's a track on here uh, which is performed, which is called Dirty Work. But it's not actually sung by, um, it's not sung by Becker or Fagan, it's sung by a guy called David Palmer. And when I went to see them last, that was at um, Wembley Arena, or the, whatever it's now called. He actually performed it live. So it was great to see this guy because he's got a, quite a unique voice. Um, so, yeah, that would be my choice um, when you're doing the um, Spotify day. Dirty work. Got it. Um, it's uh, got some great production on there. Um, and, um, yeah, really, uh, really enjoyable album. I really recommend it. And um, it, it's like timeless. It's been timeless for me. Put it on. I'll never, I'll never tire of hearing it. So uh, highly recommended is uh, Can't Buy Thrill, released on the ABC label. Yeah, it was, it was actually your good self that got me into Steely Dan, Alan. Yeah, many, many moons ago. Yeah, um, okay. I'm not as massive a fan as you, but I, I do, do really like some of their tracks, like Hey, Should Divorce, Reading in the Ears, uh, Do It Again. Um, talented bunch, and uh, one of the first finals I actually purchased was Steely Dan's Aja or Aha. Aja, yeah. Aja, Aja, yeah. Yeah, I nearly, I nearly put my Aja T-shirt on today. But then, mm-hmm. I'll put, put my Canucks on for you, Mark. Ah, oh, nice one. Go Canucks. Go uh, Canucks. <laughs> uh, yeah. So um, I don't know. Apart from Mark, you got guys there. Uh, know much about Steely Dan? I don't particularly. Um, obviously, I know a few of the songs you mentioned. I know some of the singles. They're not a band I've ever yet explored. Um, plenty of time for that. I think what I've discovered more is one of our early guests on our first season talked about Donald Fagan and Nightfly, the album. Yeah, yeah that's me. Well, yeah, I've heard it a couple of times now, actually. Um, yeah. And it was so... He was so well, a couple of people have been so passionate about it. I did go and get myself a copy, and that's brilliant. But I'm yeah. not really haven't listened to Steely Dan enough, so I must. Maybe I should give this album a go. Yeah, they they they, um, they have they didn't re- they haven't released a lot of albums. They didn't release a lot of albums over the years. They were they spent lots of time in the studio uh, perfecting stuff. Uh, but what they did. Um, you know, put out was it's always top notch. Yeah, yeah, highly recommend. Yeah. I'm so glad I, you know, discovered them. I, yeah, yeah. I can't remember how far back I was. I think I probably did discover Nightfly. I bought Nightfly when it came out, um, <coughs> and I must I remember playing that over and over and over. And I started to dabble a little bit in Steely Dan. Um, and I've, I mean, I've got I've got this one. I've got uh, can't buy a thrill. I've got Asia. I've got a couple of others. But I think my relationship with with Steely Dan is a bit like eating a, a rich chocolate cake. It's it's almost too good. You know the production qualities yeah. are, are sublime, aren't they? Absolutely yeah. fantastic. And and I think I just prefer something which feels a little bit more earthy. Um, but rough around the edges. Yeah, yeah, rough, or maybe a bit more improv on that, but uh, which doesn't get away from the fact that actually these two guys come from a jazz background. So in fact, the textures yeah. and the music that they play they come come from those roots. Um, look, I, 
you can't go wrong with a steely dan it's, it comes down to personal taste like we've said before um you know i think 1972 when you look at the albums that came out this year i think most well a lot of people have them in the this in its top 10 if not the top 20 um an outstanding album and when did you say they started performing how um I found, i'm pretty sure they started getting together about you know late 60s right because initially they, they they wrote a load of songs together um and they disowned them right. there's loads of early stuff knocking around and um you know it's it's, it's you know it comes out on cd and different style covers and things like that there must be about 20 different versions of their early stuff but they just totally disowned it they just did not and it's strange really okay. uh none of that is I've, I've ever heard them play live um they they were um they were writing stuff for uh soundtracks for films as well before they they really you know, got serious about it, I think. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. Uh, many when I've been to see them live, the first you don't you don't see um, Bock, uh, Becker or Fagan on stage for about eight minutes because the band are warming up and they're probably going through, um, or, you know, um, playing a yeah, you know, a great jazz track. Um, yeah. And then that then Becker will just walk on stage and off they, well, Becker and Fagan will suddenly appear and, and then off they go. Yeah. I'd also say if you look at those albums that came out in 72, you know, uh, it was still early for that, the sound that they've got, they they created it. I'm not sure many others got close to it, maybe Doobie Brothers or something like that. Yeah. Uh, and I know there's a Mal Michael McDonald connection in there, but certainly yeah. it's, it's um, for 72, they have a unique sound as well. Yeah. Uh, great. Great band. Um, yeah. Under a lot of people's radar. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Although then you do get, you know, the sort of the second wave or second generation when you have the likes of Deacon Blue coming through, don't you? People who are, you know, who are inspired by them, you know, and they draw on it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, no. Um, he's a big fan, isn't he? Well, I mean, that's why yeah. they're called Deacon Blue. Yeah, exactly. Uh, back yeah. from Asia. Oof, I wouldn't want to follow that album. Well, yeah. Is that oh. their debut? Actually? I was just going to ask, is that their debut? Not the debut, don't no. think so. Okay. Yeah. I might have a listen. I might delve and have a good listen to them then. Cool. Excellent. So we're over to me, is that right? I, I hear you volunteering there, Darren. <laughs> okay, <laughs> looks that way. Okay, so this um, Canadian-American, born in 1945, uh, has so much history. So I'll just run through briefly the early days. So originally, this guy was in a band called The Squires when he was in high school. Uh, when he bumped into a chap called Stephen Stills, which kind of changed his life and his career and his direction. Um, he actually left the Squires to go and work in folk clubs, folk clubs in Winnipeg, where he met Joni Mitchell, who was my first album choice from 1972. Um, following on from that, he was in bands called The Minor Birds, Buffalo Springfield, which these might be getting more familiar now, certainly will now. He went going on to form Crazy Horse in 1968, um, performed with Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young. It is, of course, Neil Young. And we're looking at Harvest, the album Harvest from 1972. Yeah, really, really good album. Um, often very, very deeply personal lyrics from Neil Young. Um, this certainly was as well. 
Um, apart from the vocals, he plays piano, harmonica, guitar, really does do it all. And the harmonica actually comes shining through on this album. Um, I think I was saying in the last, when I was chatting about my other albums, how there weren't many albums from 1972 that I could have said, I know the whole album. I listen to it, I enjoy it. There were tracks I could pick out, but actually this one and my next choice today are albums I was aware of. Um, songs on here, such as Harvest, the title of the album track, Heart of Gold's on there, Old Man, The Needle and the Damage Done. There's just some really, really good tracks. Um, this was his fourth studio album. Um, collaborators include David Crosby, Graham Nash, Linda Ronstadt, Stephen Stills, who he met all that year, all those years ago, and James Taylor, and the London Symphony Orchestra as well, are also involved on the album. Um, it was panned by critics originally. They called it disappointing retread of his first three albums, lyrically embarrassing in places. And it's crazy. And you listen, you think now about the adoration this album's got and how it was panned originally. It's, it's amazing. I think some albums are initially panned by critics, but turn out to be stunning and classics. And it's definitely a classic. Yeah, agreed. Uh, I actually chose this one. And um, uh, Dave came back and said, sorry, mate, somebody else has got that one. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, it's your good self. I, and, and I did not. Oh, no worries. No, absolutely. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm chuffed that you've, you've got it in there. Yeah. Um, and I, I remember when we did the Hollywood 100, we had Harvest Moon in there, but it was a close tie between that one. Um, well, it was a close run, should I say, between that one and Harvest uh, Harvest Moon. Um, uh, I love it. I love. I think Neil Young is exceptional. And what I, what I do find is a lot of albums in the early 70s, 70s were completely panned by the likes of NME, um, Melody Maker. I look back at a lot of Queen stuff and they just rip it apart because it's almost like they want to be controversial and kick, kick the living shit out of yeah. these great artists. And you look back and albums like Harvest and, and what have you and, and think, Wow, that is that is that is a masterpiece. I, I completely agree with you on, on all on all counts with, with what you've said about it. It's mm. um and he, I believe he's he's still going. Oh yeah. I don't know if he's tour. Yeah. Massive. Yeah, tur- yeah. I had the chance to see him a couple of years ago. My uncle had tickets and the friend he was going with dropped out. But I was I was booked for DJing a wedding that night. And I thought, no, with a week to go, I can't let down the wedding. So, yeah. on Neil Young, that would have been great to see. Yeah. Has anyone seen him? Uh, I would love to. No, I've not, I've not seen him. No. No, I'd, I'd love to. Uh, Darren, I, you called out a couple of uh, albums for this. I actually didn't include this one, um, or, or nor a couple of others, because I knew it would be a bit tight having looked at you know what what the albums were in 1972 but if i had free reign i would have had this as one of my top four definitely right yeah um, smashing smashing it well look, it's, it's more there's a lot there and you said it's it's really the genesis of uh crosby crosby still nash and young in there um mm. you, you had uh, obviously all of that sound that was, we talked about it before the Laurel canyon sound because he interesting you know he's an outsider isn't he in words it leaned more to the north than to the south, as as we know from his uh, run-ins with the likes of Leonard Skinner, which we'll all know about. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, apparently he was 
because of the success of this particular album, I guess the first three albums weren't so sort of critically acclaimed in the end, weren't such a big seller. Um, he actually was quite shocked, taken aback by the success of the album and backed away for a couple of years from the music industry completely. I think it just scared him that <laughs> it suddenly become this beast. That's quite interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I haven't got this one. I've got Harvest Moon. I think that's the only one I've got. I keep meaning to get it. It's it's quite. Um, it, it, he's he's been re re releasing some of his stuff, hasn't he? That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Very simple cover, yeah. but very effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, he's coming for a bit of criticism, isn't he? Because he's been re released some of his back catalogue, and, and I think an album was ridiculously priced at ninety nine quid or something like that. Wow. For some reason, you know, it was, um, so I, I don't know what quite what he's doing there, but yeah, he's, he's obviously a great, um, great artist. Someday I should really mm. buy it. I should, I, I really need to get that album. Yeah, it's a good album. And interestingly, it's weird when I was sort of researching it, I found out that I think he was way ahead of his time. He wanted originally the album, once the shrink wrap was broken, he wanted the album cover to biodegrade. Because obviously they were throwaway things then, I guess, the album covers, weren't they? More than they are now. Um, yeah. yeah, and the record company said, uh-uh, too expensive. <laughs> but, yeah, but that's really interesting that he wanted that to happen. But Yeah. Um, uh, good choice, classic album. Cool. What was it? What's another? What's one of his other albums? Um, well, is it well, after the gold rush, isn't it? After yeah, the gold rush, yeah. yeah. That was the album before this one, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so a cracker. Yeah. And and his live yeah, stuff's good, good as well. His live stuff's very good, which he then releases normally under the name of um, Neil Young and Crazy Horse. Crazy Horse, yeah. 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 yeah they've, they've had so many albums, but they were the two, two big ones, weren't they? His first one yeah. was called Neil Young, and then everybody knows this is nowhere. That was with Crazy Horse. And then a lot of albums I've never heard of, which I maybe should explore as well. I've just checked. I've got eight of them so far. Have you? That's good. Yeah. I've only got the two, I think. Yeah, there was Back that the Homegrown, was it last year or the year before that came out? There's, there's one which hadn't been released before. Oh, yeah. That's the one, I think. That yeah, was... That's the one you were thinking of. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I paid the four ninety nine, obviously. <laughs> you, you said it cost 99, 99 I'm quid. sure it was. There was something. I think there was a special pressing of it. Oh, uh, was it? That's yeah. what it was. I know that um, on the website, Super Deluxe Edition, uh, the editor there, Paul, Paul Sinclair, wasn't very impressed. Ah. Um, ah. Yeah. Okay. Brilliant stuff. Okay. <laughs> what, who wants to go back to 1972 right now? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I'd be in a, I would be uh, I'd be ten at this moment. I wouldn't be eleven yet. Okay. <laughs> Seventy-two. Uh, going on? Who won? Who won the FA Cup? Well, was, was, it, was it Sunderland? Was it? No. Nineteen seventy-two was uh, Chelsea Leeds, wasn't it? No, uh, that was Leeds. Seventy. Uh, that was seventy. Oh, seventy. Seventy. Seventy-two. <clears throat> anyway, let, let's let's move on with the music because we'll yeah. be turning some people yeah. off otherwise. <laughs> Yeah, I think it was a, my mum will be in labour in three weeks' time, so that wouldn't be good. Oh, better ha let's hurry up, shall we? <laughs> yeah. So it, was, it, was, it was Leeds, Warden, Arstonville. That's <laughs> it. Diving header from Alan Clark. 
Okay, sorted. Okay, Mark, take us away with your third choice. Yeah, back to 1945, um, same as Neil Young. This guy is Grammy Award winning. He's got an OPE, he's got a knighthood. Uh, he's also lately become a bit of an arsehole. Um, <laughs> so he started out in the 50s, very talented guy, played the guitar, harmonica, keyboard, saxophone uh, for with the Irish show bands uh, north and south of the border. They became really, really popular. And uh, he, he toured with a guy, a, a band called Them. A wee story about Them, I may have uh, regaled you with, in a, in a previous podcast, um, my dad told me about the time they, he went to see them at Newry Town Hall. I think it was back in 65, 66. And they were that shite that uh, they started to fire old ha- halfpenny hippies um, at the band to get them off. So they were basically ousted off the, uh, the stage because they were that poor. Shit. So I remember one day, in my teens, 30-odd years ago, listening to Van in my bedroom, and my dad came in and he went, what in the name of God is that shite you're listening to? And I said, it's Van Morrison. And he said, I know it's effing Van Morrison. <laughs> and uh, so from from there on, it's a bit like uh, my dad and I would, would uh, contest you know, in, the, in the house what the best music was. I, I would properly thereafter get into Van Morrison just to annoy him. Um, so I, I delved deeper and deeper and um, I came across Moondance, Astral Weeks. Uh, but this particular album came out in, I believe, July 1972 after Tupelo Honey. And um, it's called St. Dominic's Preview. And uh, I particularly like this album. I think Morrison proclaimed it as being... Um, back then um is is um um well in his mind anyway his most successful album it's obviously not as commercial as uh, as the likes of moon dance uh and, and some albums thereafter but um the, the actual name st dominic's preview um was when he was passing a peace vigil in san francisco and um, it had st dominic's preview outside this church and he just came across it and wrote a song about it Hugely talented. Um, some of the songs on it you might know, uh, Jackie Wilson said. Um, and I, I believe that um, yeah. oh, it brings me to Dexy's Midnight Runners when they were saying, when they when they covered it <laughs> on top of the pops. <laughs> and they, they had Jackie Wilson said, but it was a picture of Jockey Wilson. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Darts player in the background, uh, and for anyone listening who hasn't seen it, uh, YouTube, Jackie Wilson said, "Top of the pops, Dixie's Midnight Runners." Uh, other other songs of it, uh, Gypsy is another good one as well. Um, but 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 I like it. It's just um, it's it's typical van back in the early seventies, very folk, um, R and B soul. It was really when he was coming to. You know, he, he was he was in full flight, full bloom. Uh, I really like this album. Uh, unfortunately, he's kind of gone a bit by the wayside. Um, he's been in the news lately for being um, vocal about the health minister in in, in the north of Ireland uh, in cahoots with Ian Paisley Jr. But we'll not get into politics. Um, Van Morrison actually professed 
a few years back that he didn't want to ever get involved in politics with his music or and, and the fact that he's from East Belfast and what have you. But uh, it seems that he's gone off the rails lately. Uh, I went to see him in Glasgow. Um, he was double billing with uh, Bob Dylan. And uh, I went in as a fan of Van Morrison and I came out as a fan of Bob Dylan. Oh, and that's, really? that says a lot. Yeah, absolutely. Wow. And I'd never go to a Van Morrison gig again for that very reason. Wow. Yeah. But hats off to the man. He's produced some great music. You can't fault him for that. And uh, so St. Dominic's Preview is in as my third choice for 1972. Fantastic. Can I ask what yeah, I song you'd put? Oh, so I'll just got to check. What, what song would you pick out that one to stick in the playlist? Because there's so many fantastic songs in there. Yeah, well, there was one um, that was meant to be on the Tupelo Honey album. Uh, listen, listen to the Lion. Um, either that or I really like Gypsy. Okay. You might squeeze both in. Yeah. I mean, the popular choice would be Jackie Wilson said. Yeah. I guess. It's good to have Everybody knows that. Sexy Midnight Runners version. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sorry, Alan, back to, back to you, Alan. Yeah, I said, I think I've told you guys before, I went to see him uh, a couple of years ago. Uh, open air, it was an open air concert uh, at one of the, um, one of the uh, big estates, which is uh, local to me. When I, when I say estate, like a country home type place, uh, big gardens designed by Capability Brown and things like that. And um, yeah, he, he uh, saw him there. He was supported by the Hothouse Flowers and uh, the Water Boys. So it was a uh, yeah, great, great uh, you know stage, stage you know the way it was all laid out. Like. So the only thing bad about it, they wanted six quid for a can of beer. That really uh, asked me. But uh, yeah, so um, I had to watch it stone cold sober. And uh, yeah, as you say, Mark, he's got this attitude, isn't he? he doesn't really, uh, he doesn't talk much. Uh, to the audience, um, we just walks on and walk, and then walked off. But in between, I mean, the, the, as you say, the, some of his tracks I didn't even think I knew, or, but I did. I knew more than I did. And uh, yeah, it, it was, you know, you know, at the end of the day, it was a really, really nice concert. Yeah, uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, and, and then I, I think I've got a couple of, I've got, definitely got a couple of. Albums, and I was going to buy Moon Dance and uh, on vinyl, and um, and then you know from what you know what you've been saying, because he was he was almost saying that uh, COVID didn't exist, didn't he? That's what yeah. some of the stuff he was saying. So that's you know put me off. Otherwise, I would have probably bought that. I think I, was, I think it's out on Orange Vinyl at some stage. Yeah, but yeah, that put me off. So. Yeah, he, he's. I think he's one of these marmite guys. You either like him or you don't. Yeah. Um, uh, as you say, he's a great musician, and uh, he has some great um, musicians playing on stage with him. And he's written some fantastic songs, but um, you just get the impression that he's, as you say, he's lost it. Yeah, the, the one, the one thing, the one thing about him is as well. I <laughs> he's from. I believe he's from East Belfast, but he's got this ridiculous transatlantic Sheena Easton, Michael Flatley, 
John Wayne accent. And it's just like, where the fuck is that from? It's like, <laughs> uh, like district, you know. Um, but uh, he, he, <laughs> he was, and he was up on the stage. This is what he was doing. I mean, not without politicising things, but he was up. Uh, the health, I believe it's the health minister, could be corrected in this, uh, in the north of Ireland, called Robin Swan. And he's, he's on, on stage shouting, Robin Swan is dangerous! Robin Swan! And then he gets Ian Paisley Jr. up on the stage and they're shouting into the microphone. But you can see all these people who paid like £500 a ticket going, get your coat, love, let's go. <laughs> Just, uh, <laughs> uh, uh, total bell end. Uh, but it is what it is. Uh, you can't take away. The, I mean, I, I would. I would suggest Alan, um, put, putting the prejudices aside. I, I'd go out and yeah. buy Moon Dance. It's a. It's a fantastic it album. Is. You'll not regret it. Yeah, I think I've got it. I've got it on CD. Um, so yeah. But uh, yeah, I'll probably have to bite my bite my tongue. Yeah, yeah. And he doesn't do drugs. Well, he might have been doing them that late at the Europa. <laughs> But uh, <laughs> it's another story. Brilliant. Uh, again, I think I've said before that I don't know much of his work, really. Um, I'm one of those really annoying people that probably only knows Brown Eyed Girl and Moon Dance. But, you know, there's a, there's a few songs. I think, <laughs> sorry, Mark. But like Alan just said, I think if I, if I was to see him live, there'd be a lot more of his music that I knew that I'm not aware of. Yeah. Um, and I do have to explore it because, yeah, Brown Eyed Girl's so annoying. <laughs> like, uh, go listen to some good stuff. Yeah, there's another great album he had, um, Days Like This. I, I think it was released in the 90s. And at the time, he was, um, I don't know if he was married to, but he was certainly curtain, as they say, back home, um, the former Miss Ireland. And I don't know if this is true or not, so I'll I'll, I'll prefix it with allegedly. <laughs> well, allegedly, she was um, giving him a hard time behind closed doors, you know, probably laying into him. Cool. And... Um, which is which is sad sad to hear, but um, they they split soon after. But she was, I think she's on the cover of the of the album. She's an absolute stunning looking lady. But um, Van the Man was punching above his weight a bit there, and um, but that's another fine album. I would recommend uh, days like this, mm-hmm. as is the song. The song itself is great. Yeah, definitely. So I just want to close I'm by saying, educate myself. Yeah. Um, this album actually came into my collection earlier this year. Um, I think it had been recommended or it had come up in conversation I'd had with uh, another friend of the show, Ian Gosling. Um, oh, which, which, which album? Uh, this one. Um, but So not only this one, I also got from him another one he recommended, which was the Poetic Champions Compose. Yeah, yeah. Which... Uh, I'm looking at the price of it, the ridiculous price of the album, some of these albums. I'm just thinking, Alan, you may not want to go, you may not want to get that orange, orange oh, one. Right. Yeah, mid, mid price 27, top price 47. Wow. Well, mm. um, mm. Which I can do. Yeah. Like Two Blue Honey is a great, great album as well. I actually had that as my first dance, the song Two Blue oh. Honey oh. at my wedding. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah, many moons ago. I, I do quite like the cover of this album as well. It's very troubadour esque, isn't it? With him sitting on the steps. What's it like? Yeah, yeah. I've seen it in the shops. Yeah, with his, 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 his flared trousers. 
Look at those flared trousers. Flares. Those flares. Um, that's good. Okay, nice one. Right, that's it. Let's let's finish the third round then. Um, I'm gonna go with an album by someone I'm not sure everyone knows, or maybe because I've mentioned them before. Um, I'm going to start with a, with a tribute by uh, music journalist Sid Smith, which he published this year after the, this guy's death. So he said, um, in the aftermath of Chick Corea's untimely death, many fans are, fans are still struggling to process the, the loss. One of the reasons for this is that Korea continued to be vital and active right up until the end. Some artists slow down, kick back, retreat from public performance, but not Korea. A creative dynamo with a prodigious output that runs into hundreds of releases. He didn't get the memo that players on the cusp of being an octogenarian should take things easy. He was genuinely inquisitive and had an interest in music that took him far beyond the boundaries of his own chosen field. And that was why listeners never quite knew what to expect from him. So that was Sid Smith, great great press journalist, uh, music journalist. Um, so just a little bit of background. He first performed in a, in a post pop bop or bebop band uh, feeder Kilimanjaro back in 68 where he was adding the electric piano into a, a Miles Davis ensemble um, beginning to rise he sort of picked up some some interesting jobs and he actually joined the Miles Davis band in the late 60s and he actually stayed there to had uh, to play several times on many of his albums including um, Silent Way on Bitches Brew, which I think our Mark has a copy of that one. And in the electric era, Miles threw the switch on the plethora of players that would give shape of the the, the fusion, uh, including career. So it seems that in any musical genre, the most creative work goes down during the days in which the genre is being created, so like at the end. But for him, it's a little bit different. Um, he was, whilst he started out as intense B-pop, um, he continued playing lots of other styles and never repeated himself. Jazz fusion was somewhere where he was very uh, important sort of uh, pathfinder, helping pull together sort of different musicians and building up a genre, which was an easy target for criticism but in those early days when it started out, some really music was created under that fusion moniker. And that leads me to Chicoria's first attempt to lead a fusion group in the 1972 album, which is the year we're talking about, Return to Forever. He was uh, hardly new to fusion, but he had his own ideas about what he wanted to do. And like many other of the early fusion recordings, there's this mystical scent of hippie incense that hangs around over it. Um, psychedelic rock and progressive rock were at their peak during this time so you can see how they would have got some of the uh, influences and indulgent excesses which pervade but then in jazz or in prog you always have this extended uh, playing tracks you know these long tracks which I know Alan's a fan of the length maybe not of the music style uh, in this particular one there's um, several long sections which comes from Chick's own solos or his own solos, which uh, reflect his interest in Afro-Cuban jazz. 
uh, and he surrounds himself with other interesting players. So he's got the likes of uh, Stanley Clark, the bassist on there, who who does a lot of the driving rhythms on it. Um, all the tracks on here are really good. The title track in particular, Returns Forever, and on the, the flip side, on, on side two, there's a sometimes a go La Fiesta. They really stand out. It's, it's when the bands really come together in yeah, their very best with that in t- intense interplay and you get the real crossover from you know jazz and rock bringing the two together. Uh, later attempts by him to try and do, to recreate this, you know, they never quite got as high as this, although there is the Return to Forever band um, Romantic Warrior album, which is actually also really good. But a lot of them ended up then either becoming a little bit cute, a bit cheerful, rather than just exploring as they were doing in the early days. Um, so for me, you know, for the jazz fusion uh, genre uh, and for Chikoria, this was my and is my favourite album. And guys, I'm not expecting anyone to particularly know anything about this this space because I think we'll come from different areas. Mm. I was just going to say, you, you've managed to come up with something I've not got the foggiest idea <laughs> about, which is amazing. <laughs> I, 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 love, I just love it. I've not heard of the album, not heard of the artist, and I love hearing about something new that you've clearly got a big passion for, and I need to go out and listen to it. Yeah. 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 I, I, I would uh, echo that. Don't have a clue, but uh, more than happy to um, have, a, have a good listen to it. Yeah. And looking, looking forward to uh, a choice of, of your own off this, uh, off this album. Yeah, I think I'll stick the Returns Forever. The other one's a bit long. I think I've already got quite a long one in one of the other albums I've picked, so I don't want to pad it out too much. Yeah, yeah. 12 minutes, 12 minutes, six seconds yeah. on the uh, Return to Forever. Given in my previous one, I, I put in Thick as a Brick, which technically is both sides. It's 40 minutes. Oh <laughs> yeah. I it. That came on when I was running the other day. Oh, did it? It's a really good listen, yeah. Excellent. Well, yeah. it's again the the sort of unique sounds about, it, isn't it, with with the flute up front there, and mm. um, as well as some you know fantastic guitar playing and and drum playing in in the band. Yeah, yeah. I've, I've heard of Trip Career, but I've, I couldn't I couldn't tell you anything else. So a bit like Darren, well, I'm like Darren, totally new to me. Okay. Yeah. Good. Look, I'll pop the song on the playlist and uh, people can give it a listen, see if it's something that they're interested or if they want to move on. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. He was born in Chelsea. Yeah. Is the song, sorry, is the song 12 minutes long, he said? Yeah. That was the short version, I think David said. That's enough time to make love three times. Uh, boiling egg, tell fair more. <laughs> Some can do more. Oh, is it? The, the, the great, the great Bob Monkhouse once said, um, if the four minute warning went off, his wife said, What would you do? He says, Darling, I'd make love with you. And uh, for, the other, for the other three minutes, I'd boil an egg. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Alan, let's, let's uh, hit the last lap then with yourself. Right then, so from somebody that maybe we don't know much about to a band that, um, well, I think everybody knows Slade. 
Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah. Come uh, on, feeling nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, again, this was released there, uh, first of November, nineteen seventy-two, uh, on the Polydor label. We all know that we probably all bought the singles. Maybe not Darren. Maybe not Mark. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, um, the, this was their third studio album, reached number one, uh, and it was on the charts for thirty-four weeks. The album was Slade, and the album is called Slade. But the album, uh, the spelling of the name of the album is S L A Y E D, as in Slade. I see what they did uh, there. As opposed to uh, the title of the band, which is S L A D E. And a shout out now to uh, one of our ex colleagues, Chris Slade, who's the only other person I know whose surname is Slade. Apart from the Slade band, <laughs> in fact, they weren't called Slade, were they? They were Noddy Holder on vocals and, and uh, rhythm guitar. Dave, uh, Dave, Dave Hill, Dave Hill, aka Super Yob, uh, on lead guitar. Uh, Jim Lee on bass and a bit of piano. Jim did, and Don Powell with the fuzzy hair on drums. Um, I mean, everybody loves Slade. Um, but at the time, you know, uh, I couldn't afford to buy albums. I, you know, you, I couldn't afford to buy albums. Um, so you had to resort to singles. And on here, you've got uh, Goodbye to Jane and Mama, We're All Crazy Now. Um, uh, and also, How'd You Ride? I mean, that was a bit of um, some of the. Some of the album tracks are, are cool. I mean, there's no question these guys could actually play. You know, they, they could actually play, and some of their stuff is, is you know, is really top notch playing. But as I say, I always remember uh, in these days, uh, those days obviously I was at school, and uh, I remember when the record charts used to be announced. It was normal. I think then they were normally like a Tuesday lunchtime. And so, you know, charts kind of ruled the, you know, you know, you know, a lot of people. That's all you, you spoke about in in school was music, and who what records were coming out, who was going to be number one, who you know, whatever. It was a big thing in those days, and I can remember um, one time when, uh, and this was unheard of, straight Slade coming straight in at number one. That was fantastic achievement because you know, again, people. People had enough Spotify. There was none of that, you know, in those days. Um, if you wanted to listen to the radio record, unless you you listen to the radio, you had to go out and buy it, and that's what people did. And um, and they bought it in the in the thousands and, and hundreds of thousands. And to you know, for a band, you know, to go out and get to number one on the first week of release was unheard of, but Slade did it and they did it a number of times. Um, it's got a great, um, yeah, so, you know, as I say, I couldn't afford to buy the single, buy the albums back then, but a couple of years ago, I treated myself. Wow. One of these. Oh. Slade Rules the World box set. 
And then, oh, sorry, my wife bought it. She's finally remembering, reminding me in the background. <laughs> How could you forget? Yeah, yeah, I yeah. Totally caught out there. Yeah, I mean, this is a thing of beauty. What I've got there, there's the, there's a classic album cover there. Yeah. Super your. <laughs> brilliant. <laughs> yeah, brilliant. Oh, so, 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 did, did they base that on, or did, uh, on American Pie? The, um, Don McLean, you know the way he's got American Pie, he's got the thumb up. Ah, could be. Could yeah. be. I don't know for sure. You've seen they've but written on their good. fingers. Yeah. On their knuckles. I mean, great. I mean, these, these are, these are, we um, like reproduct, they're reproductions. Yeah. And, um, so this one comes in a, Who's watching in black and white? Yeah, this is in a brown vinyl. Yeah, uh, but um, I won't show you the, the rest of the, uh, the albums in yet. Save those for another time. But what I will show you is some of the stuff that you get in this box. A nice old box up. Okay, I will show you the, the other albums. Slade <laughs> uh, Alive. Great stuff. They were very tongue-in-cheek, weren't they? They took yeah. the mech out of themselves. Yeah. But what you get in here as well is there's a little... This is exclusive to all uh, 19 readers. 19 was uh, like a thing that came, magazine, weekly... Oh. Uh, like uh, girls' magazine, flexi-disc. I think it was. So you got flexi-disc. Nah. Um, you get a book, Slade. This is what they were like. They were more Slade the book. You get, because, <laughs> um, oh, uh, you know, a lot of the, actually, a lot of the, the most successful uh, singles didn't make it to bot, didn't make it to albums. All oh, right. Okay. So you got, for example, like you've got here, um, thanks for the memory. Squeeze me, please me. Merry Christmas, everybody. Everybody knows that one. <laughs> Take me back home. I just love the way that they spelt their lyrics. Oh, yeah. And look at that. Come on, feel the noise. <laughs> Get away with that now. I don't know if you would. Thanks. Because so. I love you. And they're all on these. Unfortunately, they're not. I mean, I've got a lot of singles upstairs under the bed. Uh, but these are just normal right. paper labels. So you much prefer the plastic injection ones. But I haven't finished yet. Okay, you get the albums on all on CDs as well. Cool. Big old box. And, and you get a Slade and Christmas me. annual. Look at that. Wow. A load of stuff. Well worth it. How much are you selling That's it for, Alan? Point. Pardon? How much are you selling it for? No, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> um, yeah. It's a lovely, lovely box set and um so great album, but I mean they I mean it's a shame um they kind of, they still perform in various guises um, I don't think Naughty plays now, but you've got like um Dave Hill Slade, you've got Jim Lee Slade. Uh they never played together, but you know, they're these guys are have made Wolverhampton famous for being Wolverhampton. Um, you don't want to look famous. Yeah, some great production. 
on uh, on these records by a guy called called Chaz Chandler. And um, I always uh, one of the things I love about Slavey, the um, I don't know if you've uh, you've seen the Vic and Bob Mortimer sketches with Slade <laughs> yeah. pretending to be to live in, to be living at home. Yeah, it's brilliant. And uh, uh, Bob Mortimer is is playing the part of uh, of, of uh, Dave Hill, and he's got his lovely wig on with his short hair. And he's like the domesticated one with a penny. <laughs> uh, and uh, Noddy, of course, is um, played by you know, Bob Mortimer. Vickery's. Uh, um, Vickery's, a.k.a. Jim Wire. And um, they're talking about going down the market early to get pieces of meat and things like that. <laughs> and, um, and then one time they, they come home and... Uh, they come through the door and and, and uh, Noddy says, "Hey Dave, what are you doing?" He said, "Boy, I'm fixing, I'm fixing this with some monster truck glue, monster truck cloud." <laughs> what are you thinking? What's monster truck cloud? Yeah, and another time, <laughs> uh, Dave Hill comes in and says, "Right, everybody, who wants a cup of soap? Cup of soap." Couple of shapes all around. <laughs> oh, I love oh. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you, that, that Wolverhampton accent is top top notch. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, do, do you know another famous uh, or two famous sons of musical sons of Wolverhampton? Um, uh, is it? Uh, it's Plant, isn't it? Robert Plant and John Bonham, I believe. Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. And to, you know, to listen to Naughty Holder and to Robert Plant, you'd you'd never guess the world from the same time. Yeah. But it's a great I mean they they're great characters. I mean um Yeah, I like Naughty Holder. Naughty used to do um he used to have to do some the odd radio show and he's great to listen to. You can listen to him all day. Yeah. Uh, but uh, a fantastic popular band. Yeah. Uh, at least and that album, yes, yeah, Slade Slade, released on the 1st of November, 1972. Uh, I think you can catch Naughty on Radio 2. He does Is a he? show on Radio. I think so, yeah. Well, he was doing it for a while. And he was absolutely yeah. brilliant. He was yeah. He was, he was just so, so good at the DJing. And uh, he obviously chose some great tracks. Hugely talented. A, a really affable guy. Yeah. Uh, and they wrote some great songs. Yeah. You just brought uh, back yeah. memories. You brought back memories of a family quiz some months ago. Where yeah. We had a question was who wrote, no, uh, what was Slate's Christmas song? And of yeah. course, Merry Christmas, everybody. We lost this quiz by a point. Yeah. Uh, because they gave a point to my bro- my sister, I think it was. And she said it was Merry Christmas, everyone. It's like, mm. I argued. I said, no, that's shaky. What are you doing? Uh, but I was overruled. They said it was their quiz. <laughs> <laughs> Seems fair. Yeah. I've seen families torn apart like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. And we lost by a point. And it was shaky versus I've got a feeling Merry Christmas, everybody, came out in. i got a feeling it's not in Christmas, Seven, not it's, two. Oh, was, I thought it was. I thought it was 73, but I could be completely yeah. wrong. Oh, no, it's later. It's 73. 
got 74.5. I had 74 oh. in my head for it. Yeah. Wow. Oh, I had I had 73. A great picture of them live, look. <laughs> you know, whenever I see Slade, I mean, correct me if I'm completely wrong, Alan, but the era I kind of got to know them and the Christmas song, and I've always seen them as, I guess, not a novelty band, but a novelty aspect to them. Yeah, yeah. Been, or were they a rock band when they came? Oh, they were a rock band. Yeah. So, so I've looked. I've looked this up. Slade, and, and I know this because I was born that year. Yeah. Merry Christmas, everybody. It was nineteen seventy-three. Slade. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Seventy seventy-four was Lonely This Christmas by Mud, and uh, seventy-five, of course, was Bohemian Rhapsody. Oh, fair enough. Okay. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> uh. A few years ago, um, my brother-in-law, he was uh, 40, and he had to go along dressed dressed up as, um, you know, somebody from, uh, from you know, Pop World and things like that. And he went along as Super Yob. He was great. <laughs> he, had, he even did his, made his own wooden guitar yeah. with Super Yob on it. Brilliant. It fantastic. I went as Jimmy Sutton. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> 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 along, this was a way before what all came out. <laughs> oh, dear. No, and, the, and, the wife, and the wife went as Rolf Harris. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so no, great band. Okay. Great, great, great band. Uh, yeah, yeah, good, but, good choice. Slade have had more hit records than any other group since the Beatles when this book was written. Wow. Yeah. Huh. That is impressive. I must admit, I always think of them as a singles band. Uh, I'm not, yeah. I've never listened to an album of theirs. No. <laughs> yeah, no, no it's tough on it. Yeah. Which song do you think we should listen to then or stick on the playlist? Ooh, off that one. Goodbye to Jane. Okay. Yeah, good choice. Yeah, because um, I remember, I remember my um, my godmother Joan Lloyd. Um, one Christmas, she she was very very good to me. This particular Christmas, she got me um, she got me goodbye to Jane. She got me an, uh, Crazy Horses by the Osmonds, <laughs> and she bought me a Swift Sonic cassette player. Oh, made up. Well, that's some godmother. Do you know the last time I saw my godmother, apart from my mum's funeral? Um, I was watching Channel 4 News one night. <clears throat> it was Martin McGuinness's funeral. And uh, I happened to have one eye on the TV, one ear on the TV. And all of a sudden, I heard this familiar voice. And it was indeed my Aunt Rosario who was at the funeral, um, waxing lyrical about the, uh, the late Martin McGuinness. And I was like, Oh my God! <laughs> that is my godmother on Channel Four News. Uh, so there you go. That was the last time I saw my godmother. And compared to your godmother, well, <clears throat> there you go. She never bought me a Slate album. Very, she was very good to me. I mean, to be honest, her her, her family, they're they're like brothers and sisters to me. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah. Nikki, my, my best friend, Nikki, Nikki Lloyd. Um, yeah. It's probably not a day goes by that we don't exchange something one way or the other. Brilliant. Uh, shout out to Nikki. Nice one. <laughs> Anyone Come else on. got anything to add about Slade or we'll move on? No, Slade out. Uh, 
they don't sleep. <laughs> Tell you what, this is a lovely package. I recommend you try and get hold of them. One of that's nice. Okay, maybe I'll just try one album first. Yeah, and we'll go with yeah, Sucker and Seas. Yeah, I think there is. You can pre-order, can't you? There's a new one coming out of Slade. Of, of Slade. I'm sure I've seen is something. What right. of the album Slade? Yeah. All yeah. Oh, right, I haven't seen that. Just, just, just digress and slightly. Do any of you guys get the uh, the magazine record collector? I I'll yeah, I got an, an an annual thing, Mark. Yeah. Yeah, see, I've, I've started it. Um, I'm on my third edition now, so it's it's actually really good. And for any of the listeners out there, if yeah. you want to get into in, into vinyl or into mm. uh, back catalogue, it's really it's really useful. I stopped. Um, I stopped buying Q. Um, okay, uh, I, I, I started buying Record Collector. I've been buying it now. Well, I can't. I can't remember now. He's dead and gone now. They, um, yeah. they wind up. It was last year, the year before. Yeah. He's too mad. You get a nice, thick book. The kids yeah. this uh, last year. A nice oh, book Chris. with everything you can want in there. Yeah. Super. Good. Very good. I've got a few copies of that. And yeah. I thought, um, I think I mentioned it, but I haven't played it yet. Uh, when I took out the, well, when my wife took out the, the subscription, you got a chance to choose um, one of their record collector albums. All right. So I bought this band called Soliloquy. I think they're Australian, like prog rock band. Yeah, they are. Yeah. I, I haven't played it yet. They're up oh. with the two hundred upstairs. There's, you've mentioned is, more than two hundred names by now, Alan. Which is now it's probably two hundred four after the yesterday and whatever. Brilliant. And before we move off the record collector, if anyone has an association with record collector, we will do more <laughs> plugs for you if you'd like to sponsor us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Slade, we're moving on now. Darren, what have you got for us? Okay, right. So my final choice um, is an album I'm sure that any of us could of and would have put in. Um, hopefully it's not Mark's fourth choice that we don't know about yet. But, yeah. <laughs> um, but this, um, this artist would have grabbed my, even though this album came out in 1972, it's in my top 10 albums of all time. Uh, it's my favourite album by this artist. This artist would have grabbed my attention really early on um, for the outrageous style and the high heels and the dress sense and the dresses um, and many, many other reasons. Later in life, I kind of revisited it. There was a friend of mine I used to work with called Ian Shaw, who said, do you know this? Have you heard this? And I was like, no, actually, I haven't. This is probably 20 years ago. Um, but this particular album is scientifically proven to be the perfect length for an album, 38 minutes long. Um, it still, to me, feels futuristic, even though it's from 1972. Um, it incorporates glam rock, rock opera, arguably a bit of a concept album although not everyone agrees on that uh by far the best lp by this artist we're talking about the rise and fall of ziggy stardust and the spiders from mars by david bowie um the late great david bowie uh, this album it was in the songs were influenced by uh iggy pop iggy pop and the stooges lou reed mark bolan um and follows the story of an androgynous slash bisexual rock star sent to Earth as a saviour before the impending disaster that's about to 
fall on the earth. Uh, it was just so back then, nineteen seventy-two, so futuristic and so forward-thinking, and another brilliant re- reincarnation of Bowie and the different guys. Um, which he was the master of, really. I don't think anyone's ever been able to reinvent themselves quite as he has ever since. Um, this was actually his fifth studio album, um, and absolutely stunning. I mean, some of the tracks on it, it's, for me, every one is a classic. It opens with five years, and each one of these songs has got its own story in the in the story of Ziggy. Uh, Moon Age Daydream, Starman, uh, It Ain't Easy, which I didn't realise till last week is a cover version weirdly uh maybe you guys can tell me if you knew that in a minute lady stardust hang on hang on to yourself is my favorite song on the album and wasn't a single don't know why ziggy stardust suffragette city and ends with the rock and roll suicide just absolutely brilliant i was surprised to see it only it got to number five in the uk but only number 75 in the us album chart um but I'm sure that it's been number one since <laughs> in many ways, certainly in 2016 when we sadly lost him. Um, oh. The iconic album cover, taken outside K West Furriers, uh, which was in London. Um, and I don't, to me, this album is perfection, rock perfection. There's nothing I can say against it in any way. Um, so David, Mick Ronson, Trevor Boulder and Mick Woodmansey made a classic for all time there yeah this this is the second of your choices that i had in my top four but didn't <laughs> get in quick didn't get in quick enough yeah uh, I, 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 I kept going back to Dave, david and saying <laughs> um Har- 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 harvest neil young no it's taken <laughs> uh david david bowie rise and fall as iggy no it's taken <laughs> yeah I was like, oh, God almighty, I'll have to go into yeah. 1971 yeah. and pretend, pretend it slipped into 72. That, yeah, that I, cover... I guess that goes back to us being a similar age, I think. Yeah. And we were attracted to the things that, you know, the big artist in Bowie and the songs yeah. of Neil Young, but yeah. Fantastic album. I, you cannot fault it. I, I mean, I do... The, the, the album, its fourth album, the album prior to that one, Hunky Dory, is, is yeah. um, equally brilliant. Yeah, um, and I think it it ain't easy was a cover uh, from a from a guy in the nineteen seventy Ron Davis. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But 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 Bowie made it his own. Um, just a fantastic cover. I mean, if you've got the album, you know, I'm sorry, the, you know, the the album cover is just amazing. And yeah. uh, as you say, Bowie reinvented himself three four times in the seventies. Yeah, and yeah, cheese oh, what a what a loss to the music. World and um, but he, he he lives on in greatness for this album. Yeah. yeah, but yeah, a lot of his tracks apparently were written around the same time as Hunky Dory. Um, yeah, or he kind of I guess he was had the inkling that he was going to reinvent himself, but he really kind of reinvented himself to fit around the songs they'd already written as well. Yeah, um, a former girlfriend remembers him uh, scrawling notes on a cocktail napkin in a hotel or somewhere. Um, about this crazy alien called Ziggy or Iggy or something like that, she said. <laughs> yeah. 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 So it's just amazing to have written the songs and then have formed this whole kind of theme around it. It's just, yeah, amazing. Yeah. Was it Aladdin Sam? Wasn't, wasn't it? He was the character. Yeah, yeah. Well, he dissolved Ziggy, didn't he? He dissolved Ziggy on stage at Hammersmith Odeon 
to, yeah. to the shock of the band. Um, and then, as you said, it recreated uh, himself in the image of uh, Aladdin Sane. Yeah. Yeah. And then, of course, he had the great hit. Uh, I think it came out in 1980, Ashes to Ashes. Yeah. You know, funk to funky, we, all, we know Major Tom's a junkie. Yeah. And uh, he got rid of Major Tom. It's just, just brilliance, absolute brilliance. Sorely missed, really is. Yeah, absolutely. I think I've got, I think I've got four versions of it as well, which shows how much I like yeah. it. But the 45th anniversary one there on gold vinyl. Uh, oh, 40th anniversary yeah. gatefold, and that came with a DVD, which is quite sought after now. I think. Sort of yeah, yeah, that's the one I've got you, Dad. Yeah. That's the one. Yeah, I've got that one. And I've got oh. a couple of original pressings as well. Brilliant. I'm, I'm going to wait for the 50th anniversary. That's next year. So I'll wait for that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, they'll do another one. Yeah. <laughs> I'll, be a I mean... so I'll need that too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's crazy. Yeah. Crazy, crazy. So no one else likes it then? Yeah. Hey, what are your thoughts? Great cover. Darren, this this was this was uh, top of my list. It would have been for the year. It's my I, 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 faultless as far as I'm concerned in as terms of an album. Um, it kind of doesn't really matter whether I think it's his best one or not. We're talking about seventy two, and this was another great album for for that year. Um, concept album in itself. I mean, as you said, it's effectively he kind of created. Out, out of hunky dory, where he was, you could feel he was, he'd found himself, and then he started becoming then this um, sort of art, artistic creative um, who who generated then the different personalities and the music and the stories that went with them. Um, mm. Absolutely amazing. Uh, there's so much that goes with this album, and you can take each song individually, and they stand on their own. Yeah, yeah, yeah certainly. I mean, Starman is just. Uh... Again, I've, I've used the word a lot today, timeless, but right, it is. Yeah. Back. Yeah. Today, it still sounds modern, but it still sounds, every time you put it on, you think, oh, this is, this is bloody good stuff. Yeah. yeah. I, I personally didn't use it because I knew one of you three would. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, same, same here. Same here. Yeah. That's oh, good. Okay. Always going to be again, wasn't it? Okay, yeah, going to push but... you now, Darren. You need to pick one of these. Oh, wow. Yeah, I forgot that. I should have planned this. Right, let's go with... I'm going to go with my personal favourite, I think, just because I'm not sure everybody would know it straight away when they heard Good. it. So let's go with Hang On To Yourself. Oh, excellent. I actually, I met... Uh, it's Nicholas Pegg, isn't it? He does the... Um, yeah. He's sort of Oe aficionado. Yeah. I met him once and I bought his book and he written, wrote the lyrics of that in the book for me. Oh. So Aaron, we move like tigers on Vaseline with best wishes, Nicholas. Hey. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. That's, That's the first lyric from that song that came to his head, and he did that for me. Yeah, uh, I, I would have chosen uh, Five Years. The yeah. first time I ever heard that song uh, was, I don't know, um, I would have been in my 40s anyway uh, when yeah. I started properly getting into to buy, uh, my early 40s. And I heard five years in, in isolation, not the whole album. And it was on, I think it was on a documentary. I just thought, wow, what a song. Oh, it's amazing. It's, 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 from it's, calm to, he's almost screaming and shouting. Yeah. It, yeah. And I mean, it's, in, in the, it's, it paints the apocalypse, doesn't it? It really does. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Phenomenal. 
And of course, I, yeah. I've used that now as a theme for looking at his life in five-year chunks. And so actually, yeah. it actually now feels prophetic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Bam, thank you, ma'am. <laughs> okay, it's over to you then, Mark. Yeah, I, I can't top that. I cannot top Trump that at all. Um, so this is going to be a bit of an anti-climax. Um, well, I hope not anyway. Uh, for, for people who, like me, like um, country folk, um, you know, a bit of uh, blues, American grassroots, this person was born in 1949. She has 10 Grammy Awards to her name. Um, I, I think she's got one of the most underrated um, voices uh, in the business. And um, this particular album um, was her second album. And it's um, a, a fantastic collection of blues, rock and, and folk songs with this this young, she was young then. Uh, she, she would have been not even not even twenty. Um, uh, she she was a young singer, great guitarist. Some wonderful songs in it, like the ethereal "Too Long at the Fair," um, "You Told Me, Baby," and it is an album called "Give It Up" by Bonnie Raitt. Um, it was released in June nineteen seventy-two, and if you if you're into that kind of music like I am, then you'll thoroughly enjoy this album. I, I can't say more than that. Uh, there, there are so many tracks I could choose for the for the song list, um, but um, I recommend if, if you haven't heard this album to go out and, and listen to it. Uh, it starts off with um, guitar strumming and ends up with, with kind of like a, a big brass section at the end. So it's um, it's all over the place, but it just works so so well. And it's called yeah, it's called "Give It Up" by Bonnie Raitt. Okay, again, I know of her. I know but of her. I couldn't name a track. I don't think so. That's somebody I need to have a listen to. I'm sure there are. Yeah, I, you know, but... I think if you, you know, if you if you listen to it, you probably go, oh yeah, I recognise yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. definitely. Bit like I would with yeah. Batman. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, some what was it? One someone wrote saying that it was um, a note perfecting blend of folk and blues with a surprising dollop of brassy New Orleans attitude. Uh, it works as a bridge between her gentle gentle rocking debut and her funky turn on 1973's "Taking My Time." So go listen to it if you haven't. Yeah, I will do. Thank you. Yeah. Well, wow. quite a lot to listen to after today. I love it. That's good. I, yeah, I don't. I've heard that again. I've heard the name, but again, nobody's introduced them to me. So no. Uh, I'm yeah, you, you on this one, Daz. Mm. Couldn't name a track. Um, yeah, it's, I mean, we we were in our house. We were kind of brought up with um, a lot of. Um, the radio when it was on the Saturday morning, the Sunday morning, it was always a uh, kind of country and uh, folk. Some of it Irish, uh, some of it from across the pond, uh, the states. So it's quite a bit of a kicking about the house. Yeah, nice. Um, I've got a couple of her albums, uh, and when you read her backstory, you read and, and she's had a problem with drink, but you read, you know how trying to cut it in the industry 
so the male-dominated industry was difficult. Um, you can imagine it would have been in back in, I guess, the late sixties and and then through the seventies. Um, so yeah, I've got a couple of hers, and she's got she's got a way of playing, hasn't she? And and a voice that just marries with the. Her, I mean, for me, it's, I feel a bit more bluesy as certainly the albums that I've listened to on there. Yeah. Um, I'm impressed. The, the by, fact that she's Sorry, I'm impressed that this has sort of made it in, into. Or hand, hand, hats off to your your parents for yeah. including this when you were growing up. Yeah, and, and, and do you know when you listen to the album as well? I said she wasn't twenty; she's been twenty-three when she wrote this album, and mm. uh, you just wouldn't think it. Just like so many great great artists, um, who when when you hear their voice, you think, no way is that person eighteen, nineteen, twenty. Um, Equally, when you listen to this album, it's so uh, mature, and um, yeah, just I uh, give if you if you like your folk and blues and R and B, give give this one a listen to. Brilliant. Well done. It is the uh, in on the list of five hundred greatest albums of all time. So, okay, wow, gotta be good to get in there. Yeah. Fantastic. Um, yeah. I'm looking at some of the writers, um, some guys I do know. Uh, Jackson Brown, he wrote yeah. Under the Falling Sky. Yeah. Uh, and um, would you uh, believe this that uh, Donald Fagan's wife, Libby, oh, wow. Libby Titus, she, she wrote one of these tracks. Lovers No Pride. Yeah, I'm sure that's Donald Fagan's right. wife, uh, husband, wife. Yeah, no, no, yeah, yeah, I'm right. Ah, yeah. Links everywhere. Yeah. yeah, they got married in 1993. Okay. Yeah. Well, as, as my dad would say, yeah, it's a small world, but I wouldn't like the paint us. <laughs> no. Oh yeah, funnily enough, yesterday I was in shopping in Milton Keynes and um, they have this big area where they always, they use it for, uh, it's just in the front of John Lewis, it's, it's all enclosed but they often use it for um, Christmas time, they'll have a, you know, Father Christmas there and other times in the year it might be um, some kind of, you know, fair rides and things like that. Mm. But yesterday they had... Um, they had a, I know it sounds daft, but they had a, a 3D image of the world. Okay. And it was hung, hung up from the ceiling. So I think they said, I was reading it, and they said it was something like eight meters in diameter. And the world there was spinning, slowly spinning around. It was like nice atmosphere because it was all dimly lit. And, that, and um, there was some kind of soundtrack going on as well. But it just stopped you in your tracks when you. I saw. I've, I've never seen the world. Eight minute eight. I've never seen the world. Eight meters in diameter. Yeah. You know, I've never seen anything like that. No. I've seen the world on television from space, but I've never seen anything like that. And what struck me was how much water there is in yeah. the world. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Because it, it was revolving slowly, and there was one stage where 
the world that you were looking at, there was no land. Yeah. From just the water. position I was looking at, and I'm, I was just gobsmacked. Just, you know, when somebody says, oh, it stopped in my tracks, this stopped me in my tracks. And also, you know, um, Julie as well. You, you become mesmerized and, and make you, as you say, um, wouldn't want to paint it. Um, <laughs> it's, um, and it makes you think how big, in how small you are. Yeah. Yeah. Big thing. Oh, I wouldn't like to paint it, especially with um, 70% of it covering water. Water, yes, it's just not in it. Tricky. You'd oh. be wasting your time there painting the, the ocean. I should have been in Milton Keynes for a wedding yesterday. I could have joined you and got stopped in my tracks as well. But oh, right. You got cancelled. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah, no. Um, yeah, that did stick. I should have taken a picture. Why don't I take a picture? I said no. Okay, guys. Yeah, could have. <laughs> Let, let's round this off then. Okay. One of the songs off the album. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was going to just message you offline. But, yeah, if you've got one that you can think of. Yeah, well, I was going to say, one of, one of the other writers on this album was a guy called Rudy Clark. And he was responsible for um, the Shoop Shoop song. Oh. Just, okay. yeah, there you go. <laughs> anyway, that, that amused me. Uh, the song I would choose. It's in his case. Uh, that one. Yeah. Yeah. The song I would choose off this album is Too Long at the Fair. Oh. Cool. It's in. Good night. Hi. Okay. okay. Where are we going to end, David? Well, there's, there were some contenders uh, in my list. I, I did have Ziggy. I did have Harvest mm. shortlisted for for this. Um, also, in my sort of final list, I was could have gone with the Allman Brothers. Eat the Peach. Um, fantastic band that might have been their first album first or second album um, okay. there's the Yes album Fragile um, which which is a fantastic thing and also Dr John's Gumbo um, which I was playing yesterday I playing, had a good Dr John playing day um, but instead I'm going to go with a, an album by Santana um, so anyone recently we would have seen um clips from woodstock was was that last year yeah it was last year the sort of woodstock and uh, they had that fantastic uh performance that they put in there um they they had three great albums that that kicked off the sort of santana um, eventual discography uh, that defined the blueprint for latin rock including songs like black magic woman which we know was a peter green song oi come over and uh, all well and good, but by 1971, probably as a result of too much uh, sex and, and drugs and rock and roll, they were beginning to fall apart. So into 1972, and they started recording their, their next album, and it didn't go so well. They they lost a percussionist and a bassist. Um, other changes were to follow, but what did come out of it was one of the best albums of that period, which moved a little bit I guess because of the change of personnel so it became a, a blend of jazz and rock and Latin, um, Latin music which hadn't happened before and they released their album Caravan Sarai um, which is actually my favourite album of of the whole of the, 
sort of Santana, huge <laughs> catalogue of, of music. Uh, it was a turning point for him as it was that quite a big departure from those original critically acclaimed first three albums. Um, compared with where it was before, there was more jazz-like instrumentation. Also had some different feels started coming through to it, which will, which uh, influenced also the the album name as it came from. Uh, in the Near East, so in in West Asia, Turkey, around there, uh, in in Egypt, the word caravanserai actually means large courtyard that provides accommodation for caravans or simply a group of people coming together. Um, Santana actually found, Carlos Santana, he found his own definition for it, which was, um, he picked up from a text from uh, Indi, Indian yogi and guru. Uh, the caravan is the eternal cycle of reincarnation, every soul going into and out of life, from death to life and back again, until you arrive at the place where you can rest and achieve an inner peace. That place is Caravan Sarai. So anyone who sort of followed Carlos to, to any degree or indeed you see, I mean, I follow him on, on Facebook and he always comes out some some very sort of um, enlightening words that he shares. A number of his projects that he's been involved in have been very spiritual, um, both his own works and collaborations with the likes of John McLaughlin. Um, so really couldn't come up with a better title for this album as it shows or represents not only his personal quest for spirituality at that time, but also the music that was created. Um, if I'm not mistaken, I think there's only three songs with, with lyrics on this one. Um, so it's it's really something for him where uh, you get a different dimension. There's a lot of, obviously, lots of mostly instrumentals in there. Um, and I actually discovered it, and I, I think I mentioned this when we ended up talking about Saturday Night Fever. Mm. Um, in 1977, I was on this German exchange, and I was lodged in my pen pal's <laughs> brother's bedroom. So how great to be in a bedroom which had a selection of albums. I can't remember. It probably have been 30 or 40 albums, uh, a decent record player, nice set of headphones, and I can remember... <laughs> whilst it was good being there and doing the various things got up to whilst I was there. My favourite part of, of being there was in the evenings was having the windows open and picking out a few albums, trying different things with the headphones on, enjoying the, the breeze coming in because it was, it was a warm summer and listening to the, the these different albums. And apart from the second disc on Saturday Night Fever, the other two albums that I did really fall in love with were Abraxas and Caravan Sarai. Um, so, you know, when I put this album on, I immediately get transported back to those days. Um, who knew that within the space of a few years, I would actually get to see Santana playing twice. Um, and now I've actually got over 20 of his albums. So it's set me on a particular path. Um, it is, it is a, it's one of my top, one of my top favourite albums. And I couldn't really believe it, it was 1972. Uh, I think every time we've been talking about 1972 just remembering how long ago it was and there are a lot of sort of formative albums that, that we've talked about but a lot of them did have a fresh sound about them they don't they don't sound like 1972 at least not to me no. so there, there we have it but there's my my fourth choice so another one goes into our collection yeah. we've locked in 16. yeah I, I, if it's yourself and I've, I've mentioned this before which you could self David that 
got me into Santana. Um, I, I have the album Abraxas as recommended by you way back in like 2002. Wow. wow. Yeah. Um, they were a bit, uh, and I kind of regret, we'd have bought music on CDs and some of those CD versions, they were fairly dense sounding, but the music still comes through. Yeah. Yeah, I think I've got a greatest hit or something like that. Compilation. Um, and of course, um, about the time, time I think 2009, was it Supernatural? Oh, great. The, great album. The, the, um, it got very popular because of the line dancing, wasn't it? Oh, was that it? I, I didn't really realise why it was popular at the time. Yeah, I think it was line dancing. Uh, um, the track off that, yeah, because uh, I know because my wife was oh. into that at the time. I think they had a number of guest oh, um, guest musicians on there and singers, which gave it a lot more modern feel as well. Yeah, yeah, lion dancing, as I call it. <laughs> Speak for yourself. Yeah, but... I, I, I need to check out some of this stuff because um, I do like an instrumental. And I sat, I'd noticed I was just going through the track list in there, and I thought, that's, that's an instrumental, that's an instrumental. Yeah. You said there's only about three tracks which aren't. Yeah. And uh, yeah. I do like a, a classical, a classical type sounding guitar, which is, to me, it sounds like. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've not heard that particular album, but I've got Santana Free, I think this oh, is. Oh, yeah. Great it doesn't album. say Santana Free anywhere on it, but I think no. it is. It is, yeah, one. it is, yeah. yeah. Um, and that's really good. So I must listen to Caravan Sarai. Yes. Are we seeing we're seeing a tribute band, aren't we, at some stage? Yeah, September, October, I think. Yeah. Oi Santana. Oi Santana, I think. Okay. Yeah. Looking forward to that. That'd be good. That, that that's just a fun time um, going with a couple other friends, a nice little theatre, yeah. and by the sea. Um, yeah. Did you say that they sang that? Um, what was it called? Oi, come over. Oi, come over. Oh, right, yeah. Um, who have I got a great version of that? Um, I think there's been a lot, especially... Who's that Spanish? Yeah. Uh, the Spanish... Julio Inglesis? Uh, uh, Julio Double Blazius, that's it. <laughs> that's a one, sorry. I got it wrong. Yeah. Julio Double Blazius. Yeah, he does a fantastic version of that. Um, I remember, I remember, um, I bought, I bought a CD for my late mother-in-law, Joe, um, we were out staying somewhere, somewhere in Spain, uh, Torre Vieja, I think, something like that, the local supermarket, I needed to spend my money on something, and I did have, um, some CDs, and I remember, remember buying, uh, this, because she liked Studio Double Trade, yeah, I thought I'll uh, listen to that, and it's it's a great album. I actually went and bought it myself afterward. Oh, fantastic version of that! And I, I to, be, to be honest, I even went and bought the single, the CD single. Amazing! That's fantastic. Uh, he's a great version of Fragile as well. Oh yeah, Julio Double Glades, yes. Okay, guys, I think that's a wrap for 1972. That's all done and dusted. Yeah. Sounds Put it good. back in the box. Yeah, nice, brilliant. Uh, yeah, it's good. Okay, we'll announce on on the Facebook page what our next 
subject is going to be. Um, let, let's close this off and we'll say goodbye to everyone and look forward to getting together again very soon, hopefully. Yeah, come Absolutely. on. Absolutely. What's the truth, lad? Couple of strokes all round. Mark, Mark, have a good rest of the day. Cheers, guys, aren't you? you. Cheers, Darren. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not going to get naughty holder out of my head now. <laughs> the earworm. Cheers, then, Alan, as well. Have a good day, everyone. Bye, all. Bye, guys. Bye.